Hi, I'm Todd Kukon. And I'm Aaron J. Marks. I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. And I'm on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership. And it's our pleasure to welcome you to the Crushing Company Culture Podcast. We know you'll enjoy our conversations. We'll be talking about purpose, communication, strategic planning, leadership, action, strategy, all the great things that can impact your company culture. So here we go. Let, let's join the conversation. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. I've been I've been I've been like fantasizing about telling you that joke for weeks, Todd. So <laughs> oh, it's just gonna be me and you. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, we probably can't use that. I don't know. Maybe like on the super exclusive uh, vaults, you know, when we get like membership and stuff, right? Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a VIP session, right? And you have to <laughs> subscribe to it. And oh yeah. my gosh, that's yeah. very good. Yeah. And uh, you know, swear a vow of secrecy, right? You can't like you can't talk about anything that happens in the v, in the VIP room, right? Right. Cr- right. Crush, crushing company culture. <laughs> What happens in the in the VIP room stays in the VIP room. Exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah. Gosh, I love so. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was also thinking about this because, like, I I was like, I have to tell Todd that joke today. Um, <laughs> so this uh, that reminds me of a story from from college. Um, you know, I studied music in college, and this composer came to to do like the wind band was doing a concert of his of his original music, and uh, so he he was there for a residency, you know, he did master classes with the composers and, you know, worked with the band and stuff. And this guy, in addition to being a really good composer, he also worked at, like he moonlighted at a bar and you could just tell he really liked socializing and being with people. And and it's like, you could tell that that was a, that was a, you know, that, that was a good job for him. And we ended up like, I, you know, I don't remember anything that he talked about in like a master class, but I, you know, the, the thing I, that I'll always remember is, professors and students and him um you know having dinner and then he just started telling dirty jokes <laughs> and like he got everyone else doing it too and it's like all these professors who it's like just like i i didn't like i never would have imagined it you know like they they just started coming up with all these dirty jokes and uh, <laughs> like it's a great memory <laughs> i got so i get okay so i gotta tell you a college memory this isn't dirty joke related uh-huh. but you said you said masters and college. So yeah. I was, I knew that I wanted to be, uh, after about a year with the Badgers basketball team, I knew I wanted to be a basketball coach. Uh-huh. Then I had to figure out what did I want to major in? Cause I was still a freshman. So I, I said, I figured, well, I could be a teacher cause you know, high school teachers can coach and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, what am I going to teach? So I wasn't really sure. So I took a, it was sociology 160 marriage and the family and the professor's last name was Lamasters. That's the Masters thing. That's why I thought of Lamasters. Okay. And he was this elderly, white, tousled hair, poorly fitting suit that didn't match. But what, he stood up in front of, you know, there was a couple hundred people, probably. I don't know. It was a big lecture. And uh, just, just, you know, he just, he was a very interesting guy. Mm. And he wrote a book that we had to read for the class. It was called Marriage and the Family. And what he did was he went to a, a bar in, in Madison, actually, and did a, um, I think the scientific term is participant observation. 
Okay. So he became part of the fabric of the bar. Yeah. Without them knowing that he was a social, he was doing a sociology research project. Yes. So he'd go to this bar every day and I don't know when he went or how long, but you know, he'd go to this bar. I don't know. It was every day either regularly enough to do his, his study. And he did a study on these people that would come to the bar and talk about all their family issues and family challenges and, you know, the bartender stuff. And I thought, boy, if I can get paid for going to a par, bar and drinking beer and talking to people, <laughs> I'm in. I love this. So I got a yeah. broad social studies major with an emphasis in sociology. I thought, okay, that's a pretty – now I ended up not, you know, getting a career out of that particular thing. But just I just remember <laughs> the guy, just like your story, I, I can yeah. see him right now up on the stage. Yeah. And this, yeah. this you know, grandfatherly, frumpily dressed <laughs> UW-Madison professor – and he wrote this book, and I love the way he did it. So okay, Hang, hanging out in a bar, observing. Yeah, hanging out in a bar, drinking beer, getting paid. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. It's always the parts of the job you don't want to do, though. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's well, a college story for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell me. So, so you just did live to lead. Yes, we did. Yeah. Okay. So I don't actually know really much about it. So can you tell me what it what it is, what it's like? Yeah, it was actually, I was introduced to John Maxwell through Live to Lead five years ago. So this is my sixth one. Okay. But uh, Tom Corcoran introduced me to it. And uh, I went to it very, it just, it was a very engaging. And the, he, for all of them that he, he does, he has usually three or four other speakers. So John will start out at the beginning and then John will do the last session. Each speaker speaks about 30 to 40 minutes. And this particular time, he had Eric Thomas. Eric is, he calls himself the rapping preacher. Okay. And then he had uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin. She is a historical writer of leadership. So she looks at, uh, you know, goes back in time, looks at Presidents Lincoln. Uh, I think Teddy Roosevelt. I'm not, I, I got her book. I just, I just got the copy of it. And uh, I'm interested in reading it because I, being social studies and history, I kind of had an interest in that. Sure. So she spoke, they actually did a fire, kind of a fireside chat. The two of them got these comfy chairs up on the stage and just had a conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Lencioni spoke yeah. and he was, he was, uh, his book just came out, The Six Types of Working Genius. Okay. So he talked about that and, and he is, he is hilarious. He's just very self-debasing and, and, yeah. um, okay. you know, just, he just, it was a great, great talk. And then the other speaker was uh, Tim Elmore. If you if you've heard of the books called Habitudes, those are the books that Tim has written, and now he just released one called A New Kind of Diversity, and he talks about generations and diversity in generations. Uh -huh. So for the first time in the history of of the world, we have seven generations that are living at one time. Wow! Which is the first time ever. Of course, we're living longer, which that makes sense. Yeah. And also the first time when we have five generations working in the workforce. So obviously generational differences are come up in the workplace. So he was talking about, wow. yeah, he had this um, chart, you know, he had the different generations across the top and then different uh, topics about them and how they each would, you know, handle them. And so I'm not doing a very good job explaining it, but you kind of well, get the general idea. Oh yeah. They each spoke uh, again, 30 to 40 minutes. And then I did some, some uh, facilitating in between. We talked about, you know, what, okay. What did you learn from those speakers? Uh, we had a couple of the sponsors talk about their business and leadership a little bit. We did uh, we did a core values exercise, actually. Went into some depth with a core values exercise. Had some giveaways. We had lunch. And it was a, 
the base program was seven hours. Then I had a VIP session before that. There were six of us in the VIP session, and mm-hmm. we just dove a little bit deeper into into some leadership topics. So we had there was a total of twenty four of us. We did it at, at Mid State, and Energy Media helped us promote it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was I really enjoyed it. And then two weeks earlier, um, there was I offered a, a virtual option. So October seventh was when John and these people did it live out of Atlanta. Obviously, they recorded it, so you could sign up to watch that live virtually. Okay. And then last week, the twenty first of October. So this is not evergreen, is it? Because I'm putting all these dates in here. But anyway, um, the twenty yeah. first was a was an in person rebroadcast. Okay. And then with this license I've bought through the, uh, I can use it through the end of February. I can do. I can go in a company and do it. I can do yeah. it. You know, people can still buy the virtual and and a lot of different ways to do it too. So okay, yeah. So so this was recorded. When did you say? It was recorded October seventh, right? Okay, and in so Atlanta where John does it. Yeah. Okay. And so when when people attended the one that you coordinated, you you showed a rebroadcast of it. Is that that's right. what you're saying? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And then you sort of facilitate it. Right, facilitated some. So John, yeah. John uses this, uh, I guess, tool. I don't know for lack of a better term, and he calls it ACT. Okay. A stands for apply. C chance stands for change. T stands for teach. Okay. And what he what you do is you go back through your notes after you you know take notes from a speaker or a meeting or whatever, yeah. and you put an A, C, or T by things. Not everything, but those things you want to apply, you want to change, or you want to teach. Okay. So it's a great way to kind of, you know, go back through your notes. So we, that's kind yeah. of what we did after each speaker. We said, all right, tell us an AC or T, share some stories about it. And yeah. it was really, and it's, you know, like I, I talk about ad nauseum and, and you've experienced it in your work. It's amazing what people will tell you and talk about. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, comes down to purpose, comes down to personal personality and all those things that, that we talk about culture and values yeah. that really make the difference. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I have, a, I've kind of a comment to, Oh, uh, let me come back to live to lead. I can't, cause it's like when you, when you say that, it, you know, it's sort of like, there's something about leadership work that unlocks, you know, just kind of the integration of the human experience is what I would say, you know, which is like, Oh, there's not really, uh, you know, all these art, all these boundaries around work and family and the rest of life are sort of artificial right you know we're we're all here to be people and all that stuff intersects and so you can't really ever you know disentangle it all you know that's the way i see it i guess you know yeah we we joke about our target market being people (laughs) yeah (laughs) but in some ways it's true because it is it is so intermingled it is yeah no i mean you know basically everyone gets up in the morning i mean uh, you know with rare exceptions and they have to fill the day and so what do they do to fill a day? Well, they take actions and they get results, right? And, you know, leadership is all about changing those actions so you get better results, you know, but, you know, coordinating them more strategically, more purposefully, you know, that's yeah, really what it comes absolutely. down to. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, when you get people like really talking about that stuff, it, it's like, of course, it brings out their, you know, their fears and their, their struggles and their, you know, interpersonal things and their trauma, you know. It's all in there. Baggage, baggage comes into the workplace and baggage goes out of the workplace too. But it all, yeah, yeah, it all, it all wraps, it all wraps in together. I was with a, a group I worked with this morning, um, the CEO and six of his leaders, and we were talking about that very thing. And we, um, they had the chance to 
write strengths and weaknesses of, for each other. Mm-hmm. And then I anonymously compiled them so they didn't know who said it, but they knew it was said <laughs> to them. And one of them yeah. said that, that that he needed to be uh, less social in the workplace. Mm. So we actually spent quite a bit of time on that because depending upon your generation, that mm. meaningful engagement and, and you know, that purpose, again, comes into play and people want to have a meaningful workplace. It doesn't mean you have to talk for 15 minutes about their grandma, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, having those conversations, having that ability to, to get to their personal life, maybe they're having a bad day in the workplace and you have a conversation with them. That's, that's simplifying it a lot, but, but that's an important element. How, how do you, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we can tie this into the generations um, piece that mm-hmm. you, you know, referred yep. to with that one speaker, but uh, so how do you see socialization and generations in the workplace? Like what, who, who has tendencies for what would you say? Um, yeah, I think, well, I think the, the, you know, my generation, I'm, I'm on the, the young end of the boomers, I think. Okay. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, a different kind of work ethic. Um, you know, we, we just kind of, we went to work kind of punched a clock, so to speak. Yeah. And it was, it was just like the right thing to do. And then we went, we went to work at eight, we came home at five yep. and we do that five days a week and yep. others did, you know, that's just an example, but yep. um, really that, that punch your clock and the things that, you know, the things that impacted our lives were so much different than younger generation, you know, younger generation, the millennials went through um, um, 9-1-1, September yep, yep. 11th. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's me. Generation. I think I'm a... I'm on one end of the millennials. I forget which one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I'm an so, old millennial, I think. Yeah. Each, each, each generation has different things that impact. And, and 911, 9-11 had a yeah. different impact than, than, um, you know, the Vietnam war. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. both were wars and conflicts, but, but the way they were handled and executed and the way the soldiers were treated, you know, the Viet- Vietnam war veterans came back and they were treated a certain way. Yeah. Those that lost their lives, not 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 soldiers, but those that lost their lives in nine one one. I keep saying nine one one. It's nine eleven. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. um, but you know, so so different things impacted generations, and that caused it. I think you know the younger generation is back to looking for, looking at Gen Zs, looking at purpose. Mm-hmm. Like why why am why am I doing this? Why why yeah. do I why am I working in a business that manufactures X Y Z product? And trying to connect that purpose to what they're doing and and make the workplace feel comfortable might not be the right word, but it's elusive. I think what you're looking for there, you know, because yeah. I, I think purpose, purpose is very elusive. It's a very strange thing. I mean, and, and you know, it's at the top of my framework, which like if you if you ever see me on Zoom, you know, as opposed to listen to me, you'll you'll see it. Um oh, right. but it's you know, I, I'm well aware of how of how challenging it can be to talk about it. And uh, you know, it's I, I would say it's never just one thing. It's not like you found your purpose and then boom, you're set for life. You know, it's just, I don't think it's like that. You know, I, th- I think it's a, it's a realm of the human spirit that one has to explore and spend time in and constantly revisit to reorient, um, you know, their, their actions. That's what I think. Yep. So. And I think I just, I just pulled out this, this sheet. There's a, a GQ generational quotient, so to mm. speak, that you can take through uh, Elmore and uh Yeah. The baby boomers, you know, ask me to share about my past roles and show appreciation for what I offer. Okay. Gen Z's mm-hmm. interests are provide me with a sense of purpose as I sometimes perform menial tasks. So give me give me that purpose that we were talking about. So yeah, based on the generation, 
uh, di different reactions in the workplace. So, yeah. Um, so how many generations? Yeah. Can you, like, can you read a little bit more of that? So you said there's five in the workplace right now and there's seven coexisting, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So you've got, and basically you've got the generation that are older than boomers and the generation that's younger than Gen Z. Okay. So the, the, the very young are not in the workplace yet and the very yeah. old are out of the workplace, but okay. uh, some of them, some of them still are. Because yeah. people are working past 65 now. Oh, yes. So yes. That's the fifth generation. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So so the boomers, the oldest generation, um, give me space, resources, and not micromanaging. Invite me back. Invite me to give back and coach others. Okay. Uh, Gen X is, is the next one below the boomers in age. Um, I know life is tough. Don't pretend it isn't. Um, uh, be brutally honest with me. Furnish mm. a meaningful cause to embrace and then let me lead. Mm. Give me minimal boundaries and explain them. And, you know, the millennials very much gamify everything. Mm. They want everything gamified. Mm. Ask okay. goals, create competitions. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Engage in a mutual mentor initiative. Okay. So you can add value to each other. The yeah. boomers are thinking more about, I'll add value to you. Millennials are thinking about, how can we add value to each other? Uh-huh. Um, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> millennials tell me the truth. Much of my generation hasn't been criticized in a gracious manner. Okay. And then the Gen Z, which is the, the youngest group provide me with a sense of purpose. Give me short-term commitments. I can keep to put some wins under my belt. Help mm. me be successful. Help me focus on one significant objective purpose so I can deliver results. Okay. So those, and there's, you know, there's a whole there's books and books and books about, about that. So you, you, you know, you had generational yeah. differences in with cultural and ethnic and mm -hmm. all the other differences. And what, what Tim Elmore is saying is that this, this, this is the new kind of diversity. We need to focus on generational differences and that, that in turn yeah. can help some with, with those others. Well, uh, yeah, because it's uh, it is a kind of diversity that's just not talked about that often, but it's like, it, it runs through everything. <laughs> right now and we don't like we often to realize it um oh absolutely you know, yeah all these all these different ages of people you know because as you said we're living longer people are spending longer in the workforce uh, for various reasons you know um and boom yeah yeah five generations in the workplace together and not really thinking about these dynamics and how you communicate with each other right yeah you know a, a boomer is probably going to pick up the phone or yes or send, a, <laughs> I'll send a letter and then yeah. You know, the next generation is going to use the the Gen X are probably going to use email and yeah. millennials yeah. are going to use their their tablet and text and Gen yep. Z are going to use Instagram, <laughs> Pinterest, you know, whatever all those are. They're going to they're yeah. going to just blink their <laughs> eyes and they'll send a message. But well, yeah, and I was I was going to say like the younger generation. What so what is he? What is he? Because like my kids are the younger generation that are in the workforce right now, but they certainly have communication styles, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't have a name yet. They will soon, uh, I'm sure, but. But yeah, yeah. they but they they they'll have a different style of communicating too. Well, I I can tell you about it. I mean, you know, they're on their devices all day. They're you know they they socialize in games like like Minecraft and Roblox. I'm probably dating myself just by saying these because I can't keep up with everything that our kids do. But you know, like like one of our kids is you know doing this in this this interesting like homeschooling thing and like it's really put him in touch with his people. Like he has a friend in Florida now, you know, that he talks to every night. Like he's up on the computer on a thing called discord, which is like a group. It's almost like a group party line. Um, and 
they're making like Google forms to keep it secure and, you know, like control the culture in there, you know, and he's like, he's like 11, you know, and he has an instinct for this, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. <laughs> so, and we yeah. have to, we have to, we have to, um, oh shoot. I'm trying to think we, we have to like accept that. Yeah. As, as parents, it's not comforting knowing that they're necessarily communicating with somebody in Florida that you've never met. Cause we're used to the neighbors yeah, or their schoolmates. But here's somebody in Florida. We don't know the kid. We don't know the the parents, the background. Yeah, we don't know anything, and that that makes us. And for kids, it's like that's no big deal. Well, somebody in Florida. Here, here's what we do know. You know, like as a parent, um, you know, we we enrolled him in this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not exactly a homeschool thing. It's more like an online school thing, and it's like it's a spinoff of something Elon Musk created, I think. Um, so so it's got you know it's got a sort of a visionary feeling, and you know this really creative pro- like next generation problem solving sort of interface, and uh, you know, and and like this kid, you know, Arthur is his name. It's like that's totally what his brain is here to do. You know, it's just you know to solve problems like he's he's incredibly intelligent you know so so it's like yeah if we meet people through that it's like that's a way of of vetting them you know so it's like this you know this friend of his he he met through there so it's like now if he's attracted to that then you know we kind of know a little bit what this person is like you know um i just you know it, it blows my mind that you know he's really like he's just brilliantly enterprising in the way that you know he is shaping the culture in these digital environments you know and very intentionally so yeah, and, and I won't I won't say what school district, but I was on a strategic planning group for a school district, <clears throat> and I was and we were talking about other another school in the area, and I said I raised my hand and I said I think what the public schools have to start remembering is that they now have competition. <laughs> Not yeah. only is is a private Catholic school competition, but there's yeah. also there's a new high school in in, in Amherst. Yeah. And there there's online and there's all these different elements and you better start thinking of yourself as, as competing. Yeah. And, and as, as, um, oh, what's it called when the public school money follows the kids to the private school choice, choice, choice yeah. school choice program. Yeah. We're going to see more and, you know, more and more opportunities in that, in that realm. So, yeah. um, again, like, like your, your son is doing the, the learning that he's doing and that, that competes. And I, and I think, it it can be good because it's going to elevate people realizing we have to provide the best education possible through this, whatever avenue it is. Yeah. It's like we have to, we have to meet the student where they are. They, we can't force them to meet where we are, which I think in the long run can help. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I could, I might even refashion what you just said in light of Elmore or what's his name? Yeah. Tim, Tim Elmore. Elmore, yeah. I mean, it's it's not just meaning the student where they are; it's meaning the generation where they are. And uh, well, right, right. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I just, it, you know, if you think of it that way, it's like, you know, this generation is going to take the world where it's going next, and uh, yeah. you know, they they see something, <laughs> you know, and and there there are communication styles that are only possible now. Um, yeah, you know, which is true in every generation, but you know, it's like that's that's where we're going. I, you know, I, I. I talked to someone who's a coder um, last night and he said something. I don't know if this is true. I'm not even sure how to verify this, but he said that in the year 2050, 80% of jobs are going to be coding. 2050? Yeah. I believe it. 80% of people in the workforce are going to be doing coding of some kind. 
but I, but you know what? I, I bet it's, I would, I might argue that and say with artificial intelligence, why wouldn't yeah. computers code themselves? Okay. I mean, I, I think, cause that's, that's what 28 years from now. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't even know what next week's going to be about <laughs> or next, you know I mean? Yeah. So I, I would even contend that there's going to be something completely different. Like there was, you know, think about 28 years ago in our history. You know, that was, that was 1992. Was it? No, that'd be 30 years ago, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so early nineties, I mean, think about what we didn't have then and what we have now <laughs> and, yeah. and we're only getting smarter. Well, some of us, not necessarily me are getting smarter <laughs> quicker because of all the information that's out there. Yeah. So, although I got to tell you just a quick side, I was, I was watching, uh, Bill Maher last night. Okay, yeah. <laughs> or not just on my phone. Mm-hmm. It was just the one segment. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. is the one where he was he had someone go someone was going around asking people um so how long will it be before people live on the sun? And these people <laughs> were saying, "Oh, I bet it'll happen in 5 years." It's like, "Oh my god. This is what we go this is what we're looking forward to." There's some real idiots out there. So hopefully those people won't be you know, leading our country or, or anything <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. I wonder how many people they had, they had interviewed again to, to get a few of those, but yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I do wonder about that. Like there, there are people out there who actually, you know, answer the questions like that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. You know, and think, uh, think of where you were um, 28 years ago. And, and I think where I was, of course, some of that is experiences along the way, but I, so I mean, yeah, I believe yeah. that at least 80% of the jobs could be coding, but it might be something completely different too, but it'll, yeah. be, it'll be related to that in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I think, I think my, how many people are we going to have at that point? Um, now a word from our sponsors. I'm on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership. My name is Todd Kukon. Let me spell it out for you. T-O-D-D-K-U-C-K-K-A-H-N. My website is toddkukan.com and you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, a lot of other social medias. I look forward to hearing from you. But I really believe in, in giving and not getting, adding more value to others than I receive through my faith, right? My foundational values, optimism, trust, honesty, enthusiasm, and teamwork. And you'll learn that quickly when you start working with me. I developed a five-step roadmap for a mind shift. I love talking about core values, your wheel of life, how differences make us better, your comfort zone and team leadership culture. My passion for leadership and growth earned me an independent speaker, coach, teacher, and trainer certification with the Maxwell Leadership Certified Team. I've done countless presentations, workshops, seminars across the world, actually. I'm also a DISC certified consultant. I write for numerous publications, including an international publication. And I've been certified as a DEI trainer, diversity, equity, and inclusion through Empowered Living. I really want to learn more about you and the challenge that you're facing in, my, in your business, so please feel free to reach out to me. Hi, this is Aaron J. Marks of AaronJMarks.com. That's Aaron with two A's and Marks spelled like Groucho or Carl, although I'm not related to either. I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. To my knowledge, I'm the only one in the world to have claimed that title, and those who know me well tell me they couldn't imagine one that fits me better. 
Here's something I know after consulting and coaching dozens of entrepreneurs, creatives, and executives. Every human carries the burden of considerable existential pain. It's the discomfort of existing in the human condition and navigating the labyrinth of largely unwinnable natural and social forces. We all deal with this, and I found the key to unlocking results that flow from a place of deep confidence and tranquility is facing that head-on, acknowledging it, and making peace with the paradox of being human. The leaders that do this feel a massive burden lifted from their shoulders as they proceed into the world, light with the freedom and momentum to make their visions real. You wouldn't imagine the transformation this facilitates. It's like having the ancient wisdom of a Greek philosopher and the business savvy of a successful 21st century entrepreneur in your back pocket. It's a combination like no other to give you a unique and inspiring perspective on the human experience, while also guiding you in the strategies and tactics to build the life, business, and professional career you dream of. Learn more at AaronJMarks.com. Now back to the show. So yeah, a little bit more maybe about, um, about live to lead. I, that's a really interesting lineup. Um, you know, it's like when you, as you're talking about those, I, I wish I had been there to hear some of those. So, um, so do you know how, um, how does Maxwell like create the lineup? It's, it's every year, right? Live to yeah, lead? he does. He does it annually. Okay. Um, and he's got different speakers every year, right? Every year he's got different speakers. He's the only okay. consistent thread through it. The yeah. last, this year and last year. So Tim Elmore is one of his uh, faculty members. Last year, he had another one of his faculty members. Um, usually, usually there's, uh, they're promoting their book, but not in a, not in an aggressive sort of way. Yeah. Um, so they they speak about their book. Although it's funny because, um, Eric Thomas was the first one to get up after Maxwell spoke. And, and of course he goes, boy, I wasn't paying attention because I don't want to follow John Maxwell anymore because <laughs> John was, John's writing a new book. He was talking about communication, 16 yeah. hours of communication. He talked about four of them. And he said, matter of fact, he said, I've really changed my whole talk. He said, so he, I don't know how much truth there was to that, but yeah, but they start, you know, then they start feeding off of each other, which is really fun to see. Cause he's, he's, you know, he, he's, he talked about, he grew up, he didn't, he said, I wasn't homeless. He said, I was homeless, homeless, homeless. Mm. He said, I slept in a, in a, in a, in a, a deserted warehouse in Detroit. And let me tell you, it wasn't too nice in the winter time, you know, and he, and he, and with, a, you know, with a little laughter and all. And so he, and then, then, um, and that was actually, who, who said that? Uh, Eric Thomas. Okay. And actually somebody Somebody gave him John's book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and that really helped him as part in part of his journey turning his life around. So he mm -hmm. said, he said, I'll buy a thousand of those books at a time and I'll hand them out like candy when I can, you know, because yeah. how how it how it impacted him, you know. And then the next speaker gets up and you know brings in what John and Eric taught. So it's really interesting how these these people feed off of each other. And they're all they're all famous in their own way, so they don't need each other. But yet, when they yeah. get into their story, it's like we're all just telling a story, and we're all trying to help each other. Yeah. The other interesting thing too that I thought of, um, so John, his, he speaks at the beginning and the end. So he was at the end, and um, he said, "You know, this is my event, and I can't believe they only give me thirty minutes. The <laughs> clock is running down." So this lady covers the clock with her tablet, so so he can't see it, and he comes over, he goes. 
yeah, I, I really like you. I, you know, you got to come back here every year. You got to travel with me. And cause they keep cutting me off all the time. And then he started getting into, um, you know, purpose and personal growth and mm-hmm. how it's a, it's a, it's a process. It's something that needs to happen daily, not in a day. And yeah. he said, matter of fact, this gentleman right here, he said, I took a picture of him while somebody else was talking, taking notes and, and in the front row and paying attention. And John happened to know the guy. And he said, and the guy's 93 years old. <laughs> so for all of oh, you to think yeah. you've got it figured out at your age, here's somebody at 93 who is taking notes and still trying to grow themselves and their leadership and their personal growth, and which I just thought it's like, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that's, that's crazy. Crazy good. Do you ever get tired of personal growth? You know? No. No. Okay. No, I, I, uh, I'm always trying to find something new that I can bring in to what I, what I teach. And, and, you know, and I'm not trying to make me sound like I'm something better than I am, but I've got, you know, like you as well, we've got, you know, probably a good 80 to 90% foundation of, of what we utilize mm-hmm. and we, but we keep bringing things, you know, taking things here and, and there and tweak. And now I know you went through a made, I don't know, I would call it a major rebrand. Maybe it's, you don't consider it major, but yeah, sure. Um, sure. Yeah. But, but, you know, we, as, the more experience you have, the less you have to add on, but I'm always, yeah. Yeah. I just got, um, I got a couple more Lenchoni books. I, I've got like, I don't know. I still got a dozen books I got to get through. So I'm, <laughs> I just, I love soaking it in because it, it either yeah. reinforces or brings something new. What, what, what do you find like in your, in your, your journey? So yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, you know, there are some times when it's like, ah, what's the point of growing yourself? Um, you know, like that's really, that's, that's a question I ask myself a lot. Um, you know, and is it like, is it really just as simple as turning more people into leaders? And, you know, maybe it is, you know, it's like, um, you know, if you, if you increase the, you know, the, like the amount of leadership traits in, the collective population, you know, life will improve, right? It can't help but to not improve, right? You know, so it's like, I think um, there are there are times, and this is something my mind does, and it's like I, um, I'm trying to be like more honest about this. Um, I, I have a number of times where it's like, you know, I I I, I get to like, oh, what's the point of it? You know, it's like like should i just do like um ah, this this is i'm rambling here i'm trying to think of a way to talk about this um i think i'm just gonna just like you know say what i think and you know maybe we'll edit some of it but it's like should i do like real work you know what i mean by that like should i go to a factory you know like do work with my hands or you know gardening you know farming you know so it's like i still have like dissonance around like oh i'm growing myself so that i can you know be a leadership trainer and then help other people grow it. It seems like there's nothing there. You know what I'm saying? It, it it's, it's like, well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to measure. Right. If you work in a factory, you can measure what you've accomplished or, you know, but, but yeah. with the work we do, it's really hard to, to measure. And out of a hundred people that might read our message, we might hear from one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I also feel like there's so many people doing this work these days. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, you know, that, that 93 year old, you know, instead of going fishing or, um, 
you know, going to Las Las Vegas, like maybe not many people go to Las Vegas anymore, but you know, do, doing something indulgent. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go to John Maxwell's event, you know, <laughs> and become a better leader at 93. You know, yeah. It's like, um, it's like, how does that, like, how does that show up in his life? You know, what, what, what does his life look like after he does that? How many people does that, does that person touch at age 93? I don't know. Maybe a lot of them. You know, um, I, but it's like. I think, you know, one of the, one of the questions that I come down to a lot is, um, you know, it's like, is economics abundant or is it zero sum? Um, and what's meant by that is, is there really an unlimited supply of money that anyone can tap into, you know, if you figure out the right way to do it, you know, the right message and, you know, kind of the right vibration as some people say, or are some people, you know, it's like when someone makes money, does that mean that someone else loses it? You know, like is that that's zero sum. And I, I wonder the same thing about like, you know, leadership, you know, it's like, is there a limit to the number of people who can do this and pass it on? Um, but I have to, like, I have to have faith that it's abundant. And, you know, and I, and it's like, I see it when I, when I work with, you know, leadership clients, and it's like, they have visions for the city that they're in, you know, they look at, you know, vacant real estate, um, you know, that that was like the legacy of the town. And they're like, no, we have to do something constructive with it, you know, to keep the wealth in the in the city. And it's like, you know, and they say, I'm the only one with this vision, you know, it's like, so I have to go and win people to my cause or, you know, people who want to make the leap out of a job and, you know, become an investor or an entrepreneur. Um, you know, it's like, there's a lot of those people out there and they constantly, you know, they're going to constantly need someone to push them and inspire them and motivate them and, you know, keep them focused on that vision, you know? And so have you, have you impacted anybody in the last five, 10, 15 years? I think a few. Yeah. <laughs> so what if, so. what if, what if you hadn't done that? What if I hadn't done that? Yeah. The question is, would someone else have rights? Um, or yeah. was I, was I the one who, that they needed, you know? Um, you were the one. Yeah. So think about the next, five minutes, five weeks, five months, five years. Yeah. The people that if, if you're not doing what you're doing, assuming, assuming you see it, you know, and I know you have passion about it because I can, I read your post. I, I you know, we, we talk on our podcast. So I know you have passion. So, yeah, you know, and if you don't do it, people are going to miss it. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Cause sometimes I, I wonder that too, but then, Someone will, someone will say something on a post or someone will, you know, or a random person I'll see, they'll say, oh yeah, I love reading your LinkedIn message, you know, whatever. I'm like, you know, yeah. wow, that's, yeah. you know, that, 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 that's kind of the fuel, I guess. And People it happens to you. I know it does. I mean, you get, you get responses on your posts and things and yeah, so you're yeah. making an impact. Don't stop yeah. doing it. What was that? <laughs> Don't stop doing that. Yeah. 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 There's enough for all of us. And I guess, you know, each, each of us have something the world needs, you know, we must, uh, or else we wouldn't be here. You know, everybody has a message to share. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't mean it resonates with everybody, but we all have a message to share because there are people out there that need to hear our message. Yeah. It can't resonate with everybody because then right. you wouldn't need all the different people, you know? <laughs> right. Well, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because there are people out there right now that should be doing what we're doing because they could impact people. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so if you're listening and you know you you have a tug at your soul, then you know this is the call you've been waiting for. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I that's yeah that that's cool. That's that sounds like a cool event. So 
I will have to watch for that uh, next year and maybe I'll see you there. Well, you can still do the virtual one if you want to sign up for it. But yeah, next oh. year it is October 6, 2023. Okay. Very good. So anything else new with you? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, always. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah. But that's a whole other podcast. We can talk about all the new things we got going on. Probably, yeah. But this is this has been good. I, you know, we always talk about it. And maybe people get sick of hearing it. All of a sudden, it's you know, forty five minutes later, and it's like holy cow! But we yeah. just we we had those conversations, and we could go for another forty five minutes, but then people start driving off the road, and we don't want that. Yeah, to I think what you know, um, you were talking about this uh, when I whenever I saw you last, and it was like. Yeah, there's just something about the way our conversations go from like, you know, like the most serious stuff to just like us laughing our heads off, you know, <laughs> just constantly back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> Should we tell them about, we won't tell them it, but we can tell them what we were talking about before we started recording. You mean the, the joke? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell the joke. Okay. But yeah, so, we were telling jokes before we got on, but go ahead. Yeah. I, I was telling a hilarious joke and made Todd laugh really really hard and <laughs> and it's on recording but it's NSFW so we're not gonna that not safe for work is what that means. oh there we go thank you I didn't, I'm trying to think NSFW not yeah no it's not that <laughs> yeah you see that on social media stuff sometimes NSFW means don't watch this at work where other people can hear it oh <laughs> or see it never knew that yeah yeah um so anyway yeah so we were talking about well, and this, I mean, what it, about the power of jokes or um, like, uh, okay, I was telling a story from, from my college years where there was a visiting composer who also worked at a bar and was very sociable. And he came and he did a masterclass to the composers. And then we went out to dinner with a bunch of faculty and students and we all ended up telling dirty jokes. And I remember more of the jokes than the content from the masterclass. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something yeah, like that. yeah, something like that. I, so that reminds me also of, uh, I mean, here's like a, you know, here's a leadership story too. Um, in the, the days of the Cold War, um, you know, when there was, all this geopolitical tension between the United States and the Soviet Union. Uh, but I think it, it was, I think it was Gorbachev who, you know, started opening things up, but Reagan went over to visit Gorbachev and, you know, they were sitting, you know, at this summit and not really talking because it was awkward. And then like, they started telling dirty jokes and <laughs> that kind of broke the ice. So, so you see dirty jokes, like they, they brought down the Berlin wall, you know, <laughs> you got to, you got to find your way to chill, find your way yeah. to relax, break the ice. Yeah. I wish I could remember. Cause Doris, Doris Kearns Goodwin told a couple stories about what different, what different presidents did mm. to kind of get away from it, kind of relax. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think I wrote, unfortunately, I don't think I wrote any of those well, that'd be interesting to know. Yeah. No, I didn't write down how how any of those any of those happened. But okay, um, one of the interesting stories to me this will be for another time was yeah. was Lincoln freeing the slaves, and there's kind of a little bit of a story uh, a story around that. So okay, the, I'm promoting her book, I guess, by Doris's book because you'll be able to hear about how presidents relaxed. Well, that does sound interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just telling one of my clients this morning that it's, you know, it's like, there's a reason people read biographies and, um, 
you know, it's like whatever we think our leadership challenges are now it's like you know you watch or read something about winston churchill and it's like oh no comparison <laughs> you know like we have it pretty easy you know when you have time to reflect back on it yeah it's always, it's always good yeah no this is the best time to be alive and we have challenges but boy people have had challenges you know yeah and the presidential election um the, elect, the elections uh, federal elections are november 8th so this may be on before or after that probably after but the presidential election, the candidates will start running on November 9th. Okay. So for two years, we'll hear all the advertisements. To oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Two years of that crap. Ah, so we, so that's, is that one? Oh no, they got to do primaries first, right? Oh yeah. It, it'll, it, yeah. The election will be two years from. Yeah this november 8th but the, they'll be starting to jockey for position and you know putting yeah. putting themselves in place and yeah it's gonna be ugly we know that <laughs> yeah so all right that's for next time i guess so all right todd another good well, convo it was it was and we yeah, only got quite... one or two things on your list yeah yeah well that's all right i mean yeah, you never quite know. Never quite know what's all going to be in there. Um, well, Todd, that was a really fun conversation. It seems like they're all fun, right? We have, we try to be serious. We try to, but hey, we got a little fun too. I don't think I've ever not enjoyed a conversation with you, Todd. <laughs> well, I, I feel the same way. It always, it always makes me. Uh, I was going to say it makes my brain hurt, but I mean in a good way because it makes me think <laughs> differently about stuff. Helps me reaffirm what I do. And I, I think I always learn something new about leadership and, and company culture um, from from talking to you. Yeah, we, we probe we probe in a little bit different ways, but uh, like I always say, we get we get to that that same end result, and our conversations, you know, have been fun all along the way. I don't see I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Well, right, and so people can join us in the next episode and uh, and and hear the next one. And you know, in the meantime. Um, we're both available for, for leadership coaching and, and company consulting to, to improve cultures and, and marketing and all, and all that great stuff. So how, how would people get in touch with you, Todd? Well, my, my first name and last name are the key. That's where I am on LinkedIn and Facebook. My, my website is Todd Kukan, T-O-D-D-K-U-C-K-K-A-H-N.com. And love to have a conversation and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to reach out. I mean, you know, Aaron sometimes is sometimes is intimidating, but I'm a pretty calm. <laughs> but yeah, just reach out. Let's have a conversation and figure out if we can, you know, help you out some. Aaron, how do people get a hold of you? So you can find me at Aaron J. Marks on, on LinkedIn, or you can look for Aaron J. Marks, Visionary Purpose Coach and Metaphysical Leadership Mentor on Facebook, or just go to AaronJMarks.com uh, on the internet. Yeah, we're. I, I guess we're. You know, we're probably. Not for everybody, but I know we can solve, help people, everybody solve their problem. So yeah, give us a call. What the heck? Give us a shout. We'll chat. See what's going on. That's right. You know, and no one is right for everyone, um, but everyone's right for someone. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Trademark that. Well, we'll uh, look forward to seeing you on the next, or seeing you. I get to see you. We're going to talking with all our listeners out there in the next show. All right. And this has been the, the Crushing Company Culture Podcast. My name is Aaron J. Marks. Todd Kukan. All right. Well, I, I really enjoyed this conversation um, in, in this episode of Crush and Company Culture, and we'll see you on the next episode, and we'll have another really fun and illuminating conversation. Take care, everybody. <laughs>